fair as a child with dyed hair and who likes earrings. Like whatever they say has no bearing. It's so scary in a house that allows no swearing to see him walking around with his headphones blaring. Alone in his own zone, cold and he don't care. He's a problem child. And what bothers him all comes out when he talks about his dad walking out. Cause he hates him so bad that he blocks him out. If he ever saw him again, he'd probably knock him out. His thoughts are whack. He's mad, so he's talking back. Talking black. Brainwashed from rock and rap. He sags his pants, blue rags, and a stocking cap. His stepfather hit him, so he socked him back. And broke his nose. His house is a broken home. There's no control. He just lets his emotions go. I cannot say I know about his heroin because I don't want to ever feel like I'm dying. Um, I'm trying to... I'm, I like uppers, I like to feel like I'm alive, but I don't like an upper that keeps me lasting for long because I'm not miserable like how people get, you know, when you, there's levels to shit, meth, you know what I'm saying, crystal meth and molly are long lasting, you need that effect for long, people who do cocaine and are not, you know, they do it and they're functioning and those people, they can, um, I mean, I don't know. And I'm like really high as fuck right now, and I don't like that type of shit, so I don't mean to tell you my business, but I'm super high because I feel like people don't know what the fuck they're doing to people, and they sell shit that's fucked up, and that's not good, that's not cool, like... How you doing? I'm tired, man. Yeah, I, I woke out. up pretty tired too, man. I stayed out Uber until about two, and then yeah, I, and then my mom was up at at four something this morning with the with her puppy. Woke me oh, up. Oh, okay. I fell back asleep maybe around six. Got about another hour and a half or so. So yeah. <laughs> You're running on fumes, huh? Then I got to get out here. Well, I'm drinking my favorite drink in the world, which is coffee and a Swiss Miss cocoa pack. Ooh, that sounds a little like uh, I, I, I remember hearing that when I was inside <laughs> people doing that. That's where it's and at, I, man. Yeah. And I never I never knew about that prior. Like I said, the creativeness, especially when it came to like. We have to remember the food, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know <laughs> Man, when I first ever had, like, just, like, some bomb-ass food that I would have never thought to create, I-, I-, I was like, man, how come I've never tried or even thought about it? But then I thought deep down, well, there was a reason because you weren't in jail. That's why. <laughs> Man, we used to yeah. take three Musketeers bars and, and, and drop them in our coffee and melt them down. We used to take... um. You know, we used to take like bread and and Raymond noodles and cheese curls and crush up the cheese curls and put in the Raymond noodles, let it all melt down. And man, we used to come up with some concoctions and then just all wrap it up and like make a burrito, you know, some yeah, yeah, some crazy, but it was good, man. That you would smash that thing, you know, yep. And it's funny because, um, you know, when it was time for people to mail up or whatever, you would just see the, the chaoticness running around. People go, hey, do you got this? I'll trade you this or that. And it's just like, it, it it's like a, um, you know, 
the little things, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you don't have much time to do anything. Well, you have a lot of time to do stuff, but not anything you want to do. So when that stuff came around, it was definitely like a big deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it, you know, wasn't the, wasn't the greatest thing I went through, but it also, you know, you know, it taught me not to take shit for granted anymore. That was the first time I ever really had anything stripped away. You know, I mean, we, we, we talk about all the bad experiences of prison, but prison is still life. Like it's still society. And, and, and we, as humans, we adapt to our environment, you know, and, and within that, you know, me being incarcerated as long as I have throughout my life, you know, is there's, there's a lot of moments in there where you had a lot of camaraderie with people that you met along the way that were good people, good dudes, cool people. You know what I mean? You know, like, like just, Staying up all night fishing. I can remember, I can remember in JDC, man, as a kid, we would we would take like little strings out of our sheets and time and time and time and have these little lines that were 30, 40 feet long. We'd tie a little weight on the end of it and we'd have fishing games where somebody would throw a Snickers like out in the middle because the cells were all lined on one wall. You know what I mean? And then it, the common area was just out there. So somebody yeah. would throw a Snickers out there and we'd all be out there just trying to fish, throwing our lines out there, just trying to we'd, we'd be there for two, three hours just <laughs> just with these makeshift lines, just a bunch of kids trying to get the Snickers bar or whatever. Just <laughs> s- stuff like that, you know, keep again, the mind or something busy. Yeah, man, that that was that's cool. I've never heard of that. It's that's- just it's just you know, uh, things that you do, you know, in solitary confinement, sending kites. You know, same thing. You make a little fishing line and, and, you know, you might send a kite. I'll shoot a kite way down the hall. I'll send it to one cell. He'll catch it. I'll tell him, no, it goes down to 13. He'll send it down to 13. The note may say, man, send me a bomb of coffee. He'll send the coffee back down the hall the same way. You know what I mean? This is (laughs) this is just what we do is as survival. You know, it's just survival no matter where we're at. It's always just about surviving and trying to get the things that we need, you know, you know, and it's it's funny that you say that because it's like uh, I was just thinking like those little things is what kind of can keep somebody sane a little bit. Right. I know it sounds like for some other people to be like, well, that's that sounds a little crazy. But like, no, like that was like something that would keep somebody's mind that occupied occupied and it's not easy to do. You know what I mean? Like those little those little kite battles, all that stuff is very, very hard to do. Um, so it's like the creativeness adding to it too, right? You know, and um, that's why I say people that come out of, you know, most, you know, places like for a substantial, like say like like you, like even that many years, like they come out super creative, um, even if they went in there and they weren't that creative. Like it almost puts this um, – you have to work your mind in so many different ways because you have so many barriers. And I feel like, uh, it really brings out the best. Um, like I said, I've, I've, some of the creativeness I've seen in there, I, I, I'm shocked still to this day of like that. Somebody even was able to come up with something like that. Um, but the yeah, artwork, so, yeah, the, the oh, talent, yeah, the, art. the artwork and, yeah. and just, just the things that are coming out of prison. I mean, there's just so many beautiful things that also come out of prison as well. You know, we're always talking about the, the, the horrific things, but I think that going into this episode, 
you know, that, you know, about rehabilitation and change is, is it, it, like you say, it, it was those little things. It was the little things of accomplishment, you know, knowing that it, it was a win for me. And I did that. I accomplished this all on my own. You know what I mean? Like I say, and like you just said, the, the meticulousness of, of what I described as trying to get that bomb of coffee. You know what I mean? You got, you got a door with no, it's not like you can just stick your arm out and throw it down the hall. You know what? This is a solid steel door with like an inch gap between right. the, the floor and the door. And you got to fold this thing so far and, and fling it kind of just slide it on the floor. And sometimes you got to bounce it off the wall. You know what I mean? And get it out there far enough to where a person down the hall can shoot his kite and try to intertwine the lines and he'll, he'll pull. These are the things this thing, it takes hours yeah, to yeah. do this. This is what I'm trying to get the listener to under just to get a shot of coffee. And it's those little things that make you say, I can't wait to get back out to where I can just have a big ass tub of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll never do this shit again for a cup of coffee. Look what I got to go through. (laughs) It's these little things that make us start thinking about the decisions that we've made. Consequences. Yep. You know, actually, and that's an, an accountability too. you know. And I think once we get to a level of accountability, I feel like everything else starts forming its way to, you know, bigger and better things because, you know, to be able to move forward after going through all stuff that we've dealt with, um, just never mind, just jail stuff, just, you know, uh, when you're younger or, you know, dealing with things you never wanted to deal with and like uh, the mental health aspect of it. Um, And I think I, I mentioned a little bit about that, that I, you know, I suppressed mine, mental health, uh, and and kind of knew it was there, just kind of like lingering on, you know, <laughs> you know, out there, but never, never honing in on it. And um, you know, I never, I always, like I said, I grew up in a family that just didn't, you didn't talk about it, or <laughs> even if you did talk about it, it was maybe two minutes of it, or not even, right. and then it just, uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like. Uh, that, that's just the mindset I had, you know, growing up. So it kind of carried into like when I got older and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I remember the last thing we were talking about was I, um, I was in jail and Cynthia, Cynthia is the one that actually got me out of Bill Ricca. Um, and my lawyer couldn't even do it because I had no bail, no nothing. Um, you know, and it was like one of those things where I, I, I didn't know when I was going to go home, but I, I, it's almost like I kind of, I was okay, I guess, at a certain distance when I knew like I didn't have bail right. And I was just living every day. Like I didn't know how long I was going to be there. So trying to try to make the best out of whatever I had, you know, in that situation. And, um, and like I said, dealing with like the no phone calls, no, you know, commentary, no nothing. But, you know, like I said, I, I got, I got, um, inclined with a lot of the people in there. So like the runners and stuff like that. So I, I was able to make things work. Um, and you know, I'm blessed for that because I don't, I really don't know how things would have ended up to be honest, uh, because things were not good in there. They were very bad in there and everybody's like, Oh, it's Bill Ricketts. Yeah. But yeah, talk to nine times out of 10 people that have done like County and then state 
they'd rather do state than county because county sucks. Like no question. You know, and then and we then, all can't wait for the state van to come get us, man. <laughs> right? Wait, by this don't time, realize that. And, and but see again, that's that's the design, partner. Right? This is the design. The jails are so bad because that helps influence the person Sweet. sitting in jail to plea out or or to just get out. He'll do anything at that point just to get out of jail. You know, and and. You're spot on, man. You're spot on. We can't wait to get out of jail, prison, and, wherever. And and it's crazy because, like I said, like this is my first time, you know what I mean, getting caught up in any kind of this stuff. So like, like when I say 2020 was wild, like it wasn't just the coronavirus. Like honestly, to be honest, that was the last thing I feared. That was the last when that was all going on, man. To be honest. I, 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 I didn't fear that shit. Like the Corona didn't fear it because I felt like my, <laughs> the shit I was going through was worse. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, just battling every day, just, just every day to kind of stay alive, I guess. Cause that's really how it was like, you know, the ripping and running and, and, and catching cases while I'm doing that on top of, dealing with Corona. And then <laughs> you get what I'm getting? Like, yeah. it wasn't just like, um, it wasn't just a fear of a pandemic that, you know, I, I was reading a lot into it. Like me and you have already had plenty of conversations about we, how we feel about certain things and way it gets pushed out. So like, I, I was able to kind of, even with my craziness, kind of decipher some of the, the nonsense they were talking about. So, um, but yeah, I, when I got caught up, and Cynthia got me out. Um, I just remember I got, uh, I just got moved over to uh, a two man because they were keeping us with one man in that top tier. Yeah. In one cell. And for, I forget exactly how many days off the top of my head, but um, when they shifted us over, uh, all I remember is, you know, going to the doctor is like, Oh, you got to fill up a, or talk to the doctor or something. Right. So when I went out there, I went and talked to the, the lady and she was like, mad cool. She's like, Oh, congrats. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, Oh, I, I thought I just read something. You're going to be going today. I go, what? They're like, yeah, you're, I'm like, wow, really? Um, and in my head, I'm thinking like, Oh, don't be playing like these stupid, uh, cause this is not the time for that. Right. Right. Don't, don't be playing with my emotions. <laughs> yeah, right. So then I'm like, oh, hi. And I go back and literally as I'm like, you know, walking back to see, I was like, go pack his shit. And I was like, I didn't even like say anything. I just fucking. fucking people don't understand. It. People don't understand that feeling right there. That pack your shit. You know what I mean? Go pack your shit. It's that that right there is it's, it's an unexplainable feeling. You know what I mean? It, it really is. It is. And it's almost like you get mixed emotions too on top of that, because now you're like, fuck, I'm going back into the real world again. Right. Mm -hmm. And all those things I was dealing with are now going to come to the forefront and I'm going into, cause like no sober, I mean, uh, no halfway houses or anything like that. We're taking people. So I had to go strictly to a sober house that um, that's the only way Cynthia could get me into out of there because there was no other way. Um, and she knew I had to go through all the process again, but that was her only way of get me out. 
And um, because what a lot of people got to understand too, is when you're getting shit back together, you know, and um, you know, you're trying to get your life, you know, balanced again, you got to, you got to understand that the only way to do that is to go through the whole process, the, you know, the, um, you know, the CSS, TSS, uh, and CSS is like, um, it's like you, it's your clean time to go to the next facility, right? So you're, you could stay there usually at CSS for like two weeks, right? And then you go into a TSS with a holding to wait to go into an RP or to like a halfway house. So it's a big process. Um, yeah. And it can and take a lot of months. change and a lot of transition. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole point of that too is, you know, a lot of those places want you to have clean time under you because, you know, it's a pointless going in there like, you know, two weeks clean and thinking that, you know, there's got to be much change that can come from you starting into that process. So like I said, like I said, it's, it's a big, it's a big process. And what I did was, you know, skipped the whole thing and jumped right into the sober, you know, living. And at that time I definitely wasn't ready, but like I was trying and, you know, one thing's led to another and, and, um, yeah, so that was, <laughs> That was 2020 when the riots were starting to happen. You mm. notice all that stuff that was going on at that time. And man, I had the craziest story. So, and even Cynthia laughs to this day because she, she definitely pulled a lot of strings that, and this is kind of the first time um, I, I, I should put like a PSA out there of like, <laughs> I, I, I did this, but I didn't do this. Like, you know, like this happened, but it didn't really happen if you mm -hmm. catch my drift. Uh, so, you know, I had all that time still over my head because um, I got out on bail. And then I also one night decided it was a great night <laughs> um, to, uh, I guess, to black out. But that wasn't my intentions. And when I did, um, I, oh, man. Uh, cause it was only like a benzo and I didn't know it was, um, cut with everything. So that's my, another thing I want to tell people is that you don't know what the hell you're getting out on the streets. You're getting, you're doing grabbing things that you think is what it says. And then you, you get a Mac Mola, you know, pulled on you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you end up. Let's, let's explain that. Let's break that down some, because it's, I think that's very important for, for people to understand that, especially younger kids that don't don't understand how pills really are made right they're just they just know that that they see a pill and they trust a pill and maybe these kids are thinking that these pills come from a doctor and that they're safe you mm. know what i mean um but because i really didn't understand i never took pills i was never one to take pills um and i was really never addicted to heavy heavy drugs so this context that you give me, this perception is all new to me. This is why I'm so intrigued because your your experience is through a process that I've never experienced. You know, I've seen it. I've seen people overdosing. I've had cellies come in, you know, when heroin hits the yard and things of that nature. And, and you know, I've been around it, but I've never had to make decisions or or lead a life coming from that. And And all of this is so, so intriguing to me. But going back to the pills 
like I, it took me a while to understand that just because it's in a pill doesn't mean it came from a doctor. You can buy okay. a pill press and, and, and you can take this stuff and, and I'm going to let you explain that because you're more experienced than I am on how pills can become back into solid form and then, and then given to our children. So when the perk 30, um, almost like craze, uh, started happening in like 2010, like that was like the really, like, I would say like, that was like the real takeoff point. Um, so a lot of people, those people were flooded with those. Right. So what ended up happening was later on, they were in such demand, right? That people that probably didn't have the real money to really get, you know, from a doctor or, or wherever they were getting it from, like real stuff. Now they feel, okay, I'm going to get this pill press. I'm going to get, you know, all the additives or whatever, which that's, that's the scary thing is people don't understand that. You don't know what that person's putting in. And do you think that person really cares about your well-being? No, it's all, it's a, it's a money thing. Right. So, you know, your, you know, emotions are taken out of it and it's just strictly business. And, um, you know, when that person has that mindset now, it's like you're playing with people's lives and people that are so sick and don't really kind of care, I guess, in a sense. And it's before it got really big that people were taking um, they were taking, man, it, it's sick to even think about this, but it's like they were cutting it with like benzos or, you know, now fentanyl and people got to understand that the Miller, like the Miller, like that there's like the amount of car fentanyl that it takes to kill. It's like two ricin samples. Like that's all it would take. Cause it's for elephant tranquilizer. You're talking about a, a beast that is, you're not Two even. Two tons. Yeah, 4,000 pounds. Yeah, you're like a breeze in a wind compared to, you know, uh, uh, an elephant. So you're putting that in <laughs> a pill and, and you're thinking, okay, well, I could put this much in. But you're, you're thinking like a little tiny pill, but then you're putting the. So in all honesty, you would have to take just <laughs> a speck of that, not even to even counterbalance anything you're thinking you're trying to do right so but these people are not chemists they're not smart really when it comes down to that stuff mm -hmm. so now you now it's like these kids are getting introduced um into something that they never even knew about like <laughs> fentanyl have you and, ha have you experienced fentanyl oh my god that it, when i got into my worst i was getting straight fentanyl because my I kind of, I kind of skipped over that. We, well, there was this, you know, from our interviews, I have so much of with my story. So there's some things I kind of just decipher and there's a lot of things that I kind of leave. I got, I don't leave it on purpose just for like, you know, our sake of, you know, putting these together. Right. Um, so yes, I did. And it was bad. Um, it was to the point where that's all I would get because everything else just didn't do anything. And nowadays, like, dope or whatever you can't find real dope there's no real it, it's very rare and if you did you would have to go all the way down to like mexico to the source or whatever because now it's they're not even bringing that stuff up it's all fentanyl 
and it comes from China to Mexico and then boom, brought, brought right into us. Um, and I, and this is, this is honestly to be, you know, this is all part of the plan. This is all, and I'm not even being a conspiracy theorist. Think of, think of uh, this, right? Like you're sending in a deadly combination to people that are willingly taking it. So the death doesn't even almost feel like it's somebody intentionally doing it. It's just setting it up. And then that person is going to eventually do it. And if you can take out the amount of people like China's seeing how many people are dying in America from overdoses. And it's strictly from 18 up to 45 right now. That's the, the age bracket that's killing the most people statistically. And I just, I just read an article not too long ago, several weeks ago that up there in Massachusetts, I believe they wanted, they were petitioning to put Narcan in elementary schools. <laughs> that's no to have, joke. To have Narcan in elementary schools. That means that these are our, our elementary kids are, are, are getting this stuff and overdosing. Well, yeah. And, and, and the scary part about it is um, there's, there's cops that are just doing normal searches. Right. And even their canine is going in there and that's where, yeah, you see where I'm going with this, right? They sniff a little bit of that uh, around and it's just in the air. Like it, it's not even like, it's not even like a direct like sniff. It's like in the air particles and cops have fallen out. You know, that's, that's tragic. That's horrible. That's sad. Well, that's how much is, 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 is the potent, the potent, right, the potency. But so, okay. So we know it's going into Mexico. This is the thing. We know it's going into Mexico. Right. And we now know that's been in the news that, you know, Immigrants have been being flown all over the country in the middle of the night without anybody knowing, you know what I mean, on, on these secret uh, uh, missions, you know, these these dark missions, as they want to call them. We have no idea who these immigrants are, what's on them, where they're going. And, and but what, what we do know is that a lot of them are going to cities that are riddled with this fentanyl epidemic. Mm-hmm. So those are the facts that we know. And it doesn't look good, you know, and, and it's, it's like, is our government pushing this into our communities? You know, you it's, almost sit there and say, there's no, if this isn't intentional, then what is this? Like, that's what you have to ask. It's not, it's, it's not like, you don't have to be an expert, right? You just have to understand logic, right? They're, they're claiming they want to go over to Ukraine and fight for their border safety. And they're letting our border just flood open. So where, where's the logic behind that? We're supposed to be the number one superpower. Well, it's, it's almost like a repeat of the crack epidemic. It right? is. It's yeah, almost it's a repeat of, of the crack epidemic when, when, when they wanted to, to, to monetize the, the agenda down in South America. They used Rick Ross out of California to bring in the cocaine and push yep. the cocaine. The real, into the, hold on, the real Rick Ross. The real Rick Ross, <laughs> Freeway Rick Ross. I, I did time with him in Texarkana out in Texas. What? I've been trying to connect with him, man. I did time with him on a weight pile. We worked out and all that. And I've been trying to connect with him. He's on YouTube. He's on TikTok, but he's not responding to me. But see, again, right. He's got probably tons of people flooding his shit. How you think? Well, well, I think what it is is, again, because like I say, I know that he knows me. I know that he remembers me. We used to be on the weight pile. We were writing, you know, uh, he had 
he had his books. That was his thing was books. And um, he had a dude named Seven doing all his editing. Seven's the one that edited my book. So we knew each other. We talked and all of this. But see, he was he was integrated with the CIA. You see what I'm saying? So there's there's no there's no question in my mind that they told him when they released him. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't talk about your case. Yep. You know, don't talk about your case. Don't. And, you know, it. talk about it's it. all getting watched now. Like it's more accessible to um, get to hold that have a lock on him. Right. Because it's not like the old days where, you know, Internet was just popping off. This is like everything we say and do is monitored. Like we're getting probably watched and I, we're not even being conspiracy theorists by saying this. Like that's the thing that people say, the ones that want to go against people that over like, look into things are oh, your conspiracy theorists. Like what? Well, that's the well, when did that mind. become a, yeah, that's a, yeah, perfect. That's, that's a the, liberal way to shut down any kind of argument you have. That's not in their agenda, not right. in their, you know, the realm of the realm of reality, you know, and, right. it's, and that's, that's the liberal mind that thinks like that is, is, you know, again, ignorance is bliss. You Facts. know, yeah. and, and that's, and that's why we're at where we're at because we're ignoring scientific facts. We're ignoring uh, straight statistics and, and we're, you know, again, the liberal mind likes to make excuses, you know, and mm-hmm. likes to, to justify and, and create things that aren't there. So, but going back to that, that's why I say this, this is almost like a repeat of the crack epidemic, the crack epidemic. You know what I mean? Because this fentanyl is being pushed all over our city out of the blue. I mean, this just rose up as far as, as far as I've been hearing it to this, to this extent within the last, what, five years or 10 years. Yeah. So when I would say that it started getting heavy was to the early 2000. Ah, yeah. 2015. Yeah. 2015 was the start of it, right? But no one, it was still like, not like that normal. And, but what was crazy is when I grew up, remember I said how my sister was extremely sick and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, she was getting those fentanyl patches. So that's the only time I've ever heard of that. Isn't that what Michael Jackson died of? Uh, no, his was, um, his was a different kind. That's not uh, the milk stuff. Cause he was always crying for the milk. He wanted yeah, to it, it wasn't fentanyl. No, it was actually a strong base sedative, I think, for surgeries. Uh, to you go down to anesthesia, it's like in that middle right. ram. And it helps you sleep. So that's not fentanyl. No, 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 no. Fentanyl, fat, I'll put it this way, right? Fentanyl is um it's super potent, right? Uh, but it doesn't have legs. So it that's why you see people that they can get a bunch of it, but it, it doesn't last like, like, like dope will last. It has legs. So you can do it. Like and, crack. Right. Like crack it's, compared to coke. Correct. Yeah. So it, it, it's one of those things that um, it's so potent, uh, but it doesn't have legs. So people do a lot of it. Right. But your people now don't understand that it's not even like, a 50 50 you're running with anymore like when you do it if you're gonna die or not you're literally now the percentages are like 60 40 the opposite way like you're you're more likely to die from this than not and that's that's just the cold hard truth and whether you have a crazy tolerance or not but obviously if you don't like you're how more do you know how do you know how do i know if fentanyl <laughs> is in anything that i'm getting 
well, as soon as you actually won't ever know. You won't because by the time you like do I it, can't taste it on my tongue or I can't break it open and look at it and see it or I can't. I mean, there's what okay. So when I when I was getting good at the the fakes, right? We're knowing what was what is like M's were the most easiest pressed and they were the most ones to fake because the the layout of it, right? If you ever go and research this, right, and you're popping this up, you know, showing the viewers what an M looks like, what, you know, an A, K, V, <laughs> all these uh, in the same realm of, of a I have no set. idea what those are. And this is going to be cool for you because you're going to actually take what I say here and I would love for you to show the audience like the, the, the difference but the same yeah. substance. Just it's a marketing aspect, right? It's like Carhartt versus something else, right? It's like you, it's the same brand but you're branding it different. Um, and, and, and the the textures are different a little bit, um, but it's it's crazy because you could pop it open, and a lot of people would light it on fire, like they would find a way uh, to take. Yeah, like if if it wasn't melting and just kind of like on fire, and it like you knew it was fake right there, so you could test them. Uh, but that's the the game, the uh, scheme of things, right? You got to understand that a lot of these people are grabbing thousands and thousands and thousands. So say a guy wants them to test them, right? How easy would it be to just throw a mix of few good ones or like one straight sack of like a hundred. Yeah. With real. And then all 700 the good, 300 bad, you know? Correct. So those are the, those are the odds people. And those are the way of people getting as much money off of nothing pretty much. Right. So my point was I always made, you know, I could see them and I would tell the person I'm not buying these and I'm looking through every one that I feel I want to, or we're not doing this. And I was very aggressive when I was, <laughs> I was an aggressive person. So either we weren't going to do that there, or I'm not going to get, I'm not getting chipped out on anything. See, there was, there was a time where, when, when we were using a cut, down from Miami we would go down to the flea market in Miami and uh there was an old dude that would sell like this type of fertilizer right yeah and we would bring this fertilizer back and the fertilizer alone just the fertilizer alone you could you could whoop up and it would look like a cookie just like a cookie really and it was just straight this this fertilizer and this is what they were using right to cook their crack with and it was sending and it was sending these people off the hizzy. Like these people were going nuts for it. You know right. what I mean? It came out white. It came out really wet. You know what I mean? And 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 it was like, I don't know if you you bass fish or if you fish, but it was like having that right bait at the right moment where them fish are just <laughs> jumping on it and they're coming yep. out of the woodworks for it, you know? Right, right. But the thing of it was, was they all were complaining of how it was burning in their throat their nose oh yes 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 yes. okay you know what i mean it was it was burning the shit out of them but they but the high they they were accepting it (laughs) they were accepting it because it was they it was what was more important was the high and i just remember like that's crazy you know what i mean that's crazy and and all i could think about again at my at that time was myself was like that's You'll never see me. That's why I'll never do that shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, 
but but I'm I selling it to them. Same shit, yeah, and it's good that you didn't. And I and I com- I could I commend you for that. Oh, you I did. It. Oh, I was selling the shit out of it to him. That's <laughs> that's what I'm saying, you know. Because no, like I I commend you not doing it because oh, 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 that oh. takes a lot of power because it's so easy for you. But what does Biggie say? Well, what it was was on your own supply, you know, well, that and 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 just the atrocities that I was seeing human beings do for that stuff as a young kid. And I was like, man, I will never I was more scared of it than anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was more scared of it because I never wanted to be that. Right. Hey, man, look at that, man. Just came back at the same time. Man, we must be on the same wavelength or something, man. No, man. I um, I had to rep the uh, I got this ill Celtics um, like it's like those warm up jerseys they got. Yeah. So I, I saw your little Tampa Bay, the Cowboys in the back. So I gotta represent a little bit for my boys. Okay, I just saw I just saw a video of Larry Bird's son. Yeah, he's filthy, right? Oh man. This he, kid is nasty. He looks just oof. like his dad, too. It's it's funny because you see it now, like, getting older, right, that we're seeing these kids, kids, like the guys we watched and grew up idolized, like, like LeBron will be in the league when his son comes in the league, which yeah. is going to be the – he already said, right? And I'm saying, as a, is a, uh, a Celtics, they need to draft his son at all costs because he said he'll leave whatever team he's on and take a lower pay cut, whatever, or he would. You would take LeBron. His... You, you, you would take LeBron to, to the Boston. No, 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 no. I'm saying for draft picks. Oh, <laughs> I don't, I fucked that. I don't want him. I'm saying like, say. yeah, this is a money. This is a uh, smart move on a business standpoint of get his son. Right. He obviously wants his son coming to Lakers. He ain't that. that that's just how it's going to be. Right. And, I'm saying let's get as much draft picks out of that as we can. <laughs> smart, right? Like, you yeah. know, sign him. And, and his son's good, too, but he I don't, he ain't going to be no LeBron, but he's, you know, he's uh, the – let's be honest. I, I don't like LeBron, but I, I, I respect his gameplay. Do I think he's the greatest all the time? No. <laughs> uh, you know, MJ's got that. I respect uh, his athletic ability. The dude is is a is a phenom. Oh, I don't respect him as a person. Yeah, <laughs> but but even his gameplay. I mean, it's yeah. it's just his, his antics on the court and all of that. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's a bitch, dude. He's I'm, not, and he, I don't mean to say that because he called he clearly whipped my ass. But like that guy is a fucking crybaby, dude. Like he just cries about everything and then kicking those fans out. You saw that? Yeah. That, that but I don't know. I don't know what straw. the fans had said. I don't. I really don't know and what. The, it wasn't racial and it wasn't racial. It was because they were making fun of him. He was that girl. Did you see her leaving? She was like, cause she was, she was trolling him. Yeah. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. And yeah. like they, there was no racial. It's always, I, I can't, I would love for the world one day that if we could find a way <laughs> to get everybody on the same pigment imagine like there was one day that we all everybody just looked like us or like we looked like somebody else do you know like the amount of things that would change because people would stop looking at the the color which doesn't matter and things would just be different and we would respect each other more i think because now it's like people use emotions over actual like you shouldn't 
kids don't see color, right? I, I like this is like a perfect example. I saw. Uh, I just wanted to get this out there real quick since we're talking about LeBron and everything's racialized. Um, it's like these kids don't see color when they come up and when they're hanging out. Like my one of my best you know friends growing up, um, you know, was black, and it was like I didn't even. That never ran my mind, like, oh, he's black and I'm white. It never, never did. I don't see people like that, right? And, like, it's like we seem to – every time we get some foot ground on it, right, and things are going good, it's like we got to take 10 steps back. And, like, I just wish we just didn't live in a day and age like that and how much better this world would be if people would just put down their differences on race. It's not – that is not the issue. Like, race is not an issue. It doesn't need to be an issue. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's always a touchy, you know, subject and, and yeah, race, race, racism is taught, you know, it's, 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 it's it's not something that's ingrained. It's not inherited or anything. It's, it's, it's taught, you know, and, and that's exactly right. It's taught and ingrained in us as a, as a young child. It's one of the first things that we learn, no matter what color you are, you're being taught about different races and, and that stigma is, is already being put in our, in our mind as, as a child, but you're right. I mean, we do have to come to that point, but in order to come to that point, we all have to come to an understanding, right? We all have to come to an understanding and know that we've left a particular race in the dust and we have to come together and, and do what we can to help bolster these people back up. So everybody is equal. You know, we're not on level playing fields and, and it's not fair for them for us to say, well, let's just forget about everything and let's just be equal now because we're still way up here and they're still just now starting to to accumulate wealth where we've oh. been we've been generating wealth and passing it down to our families. They haven't had that opportunity. That's where the, the, the gap is, you know. See, see, I I I respectively disagree with that only because the way I look at it, right? Do I feel there is injustice out there? Absolutely. Do I feel that, um, you know, in certain ways they're suppressed, but I feel the, when it comes to the wealth, I would love to, for us, just for me and you just for like, we, just research purposes, right? We could just like, dude, there is some serious wealth coming out of the, the minority. Um, there is now a, a way more CEOs. And I know, I know you say the way that it's got, it got passed down over time. Right. And that like, you know, these kids inheriting this and that inheriting this, but like, bro, there, there is plenty of kids um, and, and CEOs that have transferred wealth to their families, to other people, to other things. My thing is where I come with an issue with BLM is the money has never given back to the black community, which it should have. They should have been getting those neighborhoods should have been getting um, the money Th- that stuff all got funneled to a- another entity that later that, that was like the founder of BLM, bro. She bought neighborhoods and bought mansions in white neighborhoods. Well, we're so- talking about yeah, we're talking about organizations, and I know for a fact that many many black people don't associate themselves to Black Lives Matter. You know, but oh but- yeah yeah yeah, I was just saying as a whole like a, a movement like um yes I mean I could see where. I- I'll put it this way. I don't dis- I don't fully disagree with everything you're saying. Right. And um, I, I, I just think there's parts of it 
that I feel different. Well, again, what we're, what we're talking about is, is just the facts of, of what we know in history. And, and when you go right, back right. and when you go back to redlining and you understand what exactly redlining was and you understand that the poor communities were always, always the communities mm-hmm. that were designed to be demolished in the name the of expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They weren't, they that, weren't yeah. knocking down the rich houses to build right. roads. They were knocking down the poor houses to build roads. Correct. So these houses get knocked down. They're they're only given, you know, pennies on the dollar for their property. So there's yeah, never yeah. there there's never no transition. Is what I'm saying. Where yeah. we as a whole, as a collective whole, have been doing that. And then when you get into the education, you have to remember. Oh yeah, kids oh were God. just yeah. kids were just <laughs> black kids were just allowed to enter into the school system into the '60s, really. So right. you're talking almost a hundred, two hundred years of just no evolution on that. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That's why I said, I agree with like a lot of what you were saying, but my only thing is right. And, and you are, you hit that right on the head. That, that was like perfectly put. Um, yes. Um, but it's, that's the inequality that I'm talking about. Yeah. But I would say, why don't, why don't we, would you be more inclined to think of it this way though? Let's think of it as in poor, right? White, poor, anything. Those are really the people that, um, this is why impressed. I say the poor community. Yeah, it just so, so like, happens that, that black, black poor... and brown are the majority of the poor yes. community, but all yes. of us are yes. involved in this poor community. This is yeah. why I say the poor community, because yeah. we're, we're a collective whole, right. you know, and people can look at me and I've heard this my whole life is how I squandered my privilege or, or I squandered my whiteness or I didn't take advantage. But again, all of this is, is stigmatic bullcrap. That right. is put in our heads because I'm white. I have a certain expectation. Even even they even let me know that at trial in a federal courtroom. Wait, you know what I mean? That they openly it, said that like that. That I should have known better. You know what and I mean? It's, they didn't have to say anything else. That was it. It's, yeah. it's like me telling you. You know what I mean? You you run around with nothing but black people, and then you get in trouble, and then I look at you and I tell you, Corey, you should have known better, Corey. You know that's what I mean? So, and you know, and you so know exactly stuff. what it is that I'm saying. You know what I mean? Wow. And it's, it's that the balls on them, the well, balls they, on them to say that, man, this that's is, fun. this is what they do. They had said that. And then another thing that cued me in was the judge made an emotional statement in the end towards, I think it was my sentencing, mm-hmm. um, which I want to go back through all my transcripts again and, and start highlighting a lot of stuff. But yeah, the judge made a comment. He said, with all that money that you made, you never paid taxes, did you? And 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 it just it just it always stuck with me because that was a key that opened the door. You know what I mean? To me really looking at what I was involved in. You know, we're getting into right, the rehabilitation right. and the change. And for me, the, these were the little mm-hmm. things during my reflection that just started making me like, what did me paying taxes have to do with anything? You know what I mean? As far as me dealing drugs, I understand what he was saying, but the government was making it known that they were mad. They want at a me. piece of it. Yeah, they were mad at you because they wanted the piece. If they they're upset that you were making money, they didn't get a piece of. And, and I think this is a lot of the sentencing factor on drug dealers. You know, when people ask, well, why do pedophiles get such little time? Well, pedophiles by majority are upstanding citizens in the community. They have jobs. They pay their taxes. You know what I mean? And they just they you know, they may have like a little mental disability or something, 
or, or however, but we want to get these people back into society because they generate money. They're worth something in society. They don't care really what they do. They just want them to be able to generate things. That's so fucked and that's so right. Wow. I never thought of it that way. Damn, dude. That, that's and not wild. only that, but there's programs. They have pedophile, pedophile yeah. programs that they send it's these people months. through and they get like $30,000 per graduate out of this program. But these programs are just like every other program, like RDAP in money the federal grab. prison. It's just sending them through at whatever cost to get that money. See, see, that's what really pisses me off because they say, they, okay, look at their way of doing it. It's a money grab of people that don't deserve that shit right and let's call it how we see it right um and then we also have people that they look at as somebody that was a drug dealer right but they don't know anything about them they don't know if that person was taking care of their mom or you know for my brother's situation like for us to eat and and just get by because of the circumstances that were dealt like they don't ever consider those options too right they want to just they put you in one one box and you're labeled like that box all the way down. But then that you look at the way they treat, you know, these people that are doing horrible things to kids that don't ever deserve to walk the face of the earth anymore, that they give them second, third, fourth chance. It's like, man, when are you guys going to wake up and realize that these people just, it, it's, it, that is not working. And now you're throwing an incentive of money for people to try to get them adjusted back to society. When, my program and my organization that I work for is actually doing change for the community. And you could just throw my program in into jails and the education aspect and them coming out and getting a career off the rip. Like look at the difference that you could teach somebody that is very good with numbers like yourself, very good with um, the selling, like even in dispensaries, right? Knowing the product, you know, really connecting with the individual. Why don't we have that shit in there that, could really be teaching these people that sold drugs, right? But stop vilifying them as, oh, because they didn't pay taxes. Get over it, you know? Okay, now what are we gonna do about it? You know, this is a perfect example of why mass cultivated um, and what it can do for people that have records now. And they also have, um, you know, this experience with drug dealing, but you can take that and flip that into a positive thing as in farming, right? You could take dispensary, marketing. Um, there's so many different angles to hit. Uh, CBD, concentrated. Um, um, man, the list goes on. There's so much de demand out there now. If they threw in mass cultivated and helped these people get educated, schooling, record sealed, back to society. Tell me that isn't like... Uh, uh, that well, is the answer right there because well yeah but oh, again like, like even even that in a, in its sense right and speaking on the taxes you know didn't pay taxes but yet what what the 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 silence is you know the 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 elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about is is what what drug dealers um how do I want to put this what we generate you know what I mean? How, how much of a hit with the marketing would, would, would marketing, you know, these big, these big corporations with the clothing line, the cars, the jewelry lines, you know what I mean? The shoe lines that drug dealers spend 
billions and billions of dollars on each year. You know what I mean? Right. And these oh, are all oh, and these are all cash deals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so again, how much is to me it's just an agenda, right? It's agenda because they know by yeah. putting these drugs in here, right? These drug dealers are going to generate a lot of cash. A lot. They're going to draw cash from people. They're going to generate a lot of cash. They're going to live a flamboyant lifestyle. That cash is going to then go into these companies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These these marketing companies. So it's not like we're not paying taxes. Yeah. See, they don't really look at it that way. But that that is true, though. You are you look at all people that quick money, fast money, even for me, too. Right. Um, you know, the amount of money that I was sinking into, into the mu- look at the music industry, bro. That's huge right there in itself, like mics, um, instruments, you know, all these very la- lavish, expensive uh, ticket items that do generate taxes. Like, let's 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 call it how we see it. it it's true. It's it, these people, they they vilify it. And I'm glad you put it that way, too, because you're really making me think on every spectrum of it. And I like that because these are the conversations I love to have because it really puts people that are maybe going through it. Right. Or or just getting out of jail. Right. And is like trying to figure out shit. What can I you know, I got a record. Right. I got a felony. But, you know, what can I do about it? And I just want people to know that there are avenues if you're doing it the legit way um, to take and to use your expertise that could do wonders in the, the cannabis industry. And I, I think that's such a big um, thing that they are almost hiding from people because they know, but they also are slowly, it's, it, they can't do anything about it now anymore. Right. It's, it's there. They can because of the federalization on it still, right. That I'm, um, we're still trying to fight, um, I actually am. It's so cool that I got these opportunities now to, to on legislation, right? And I have, you know, for mass cultivated too. They're using me. I don't mean it like that, but they're using me as like a person that um, is going to speak to the the federal government to try to um, to take away the the hold that they have, right? Because like people think, oh, it's legalized, but you're still paying an arm and a leg for taxes through the federalization of it, because it hasn't got defederalized. That's what we need to get rid of, or if not get rid of, uh, because that's impossible because they always want their hand in the, you know, in, in the mix and you'll never take the government out of that. Um, so you look at somebody that owns a business in uh, Canada, but then brings it into the United States. The tax break is so different. So if you own a business and you transition it into the United States, um, you only pay like, well, I wouldn't say only, but you pay like 14, 15%, which is still pretty high. But then you take American and you were doing it from America and keeping it in America, you're paying 20 something uh, federalization. So where, where is the, like, the logic behind that? Um, so it's harder for people to start dispensaries right uh you got to throw a lot of money at it first for it to even stick and then and then you have to build on it and then you hope the federal government doesn't fuck you um and because they were doing that in the beginning they were legitimately robbing fucking dispensaries and 
to a to a to an extent of when they would know when when they would know when they had a good amount of money kind of in there at the moment when to hit. So tell me that isn't pre-planned, messed up way of robbing something of uh that it, it's legalized, but it's not. Like we got to stop playing this game. You know what I mean? And and I'm I'm sick of you know these the duality. Awesome yeah, and I, and these awesome entrepreneurs that turned their life around, own a dispensary, but now all of a sudden is getting hit with these fines and robbing them, and and, and now these people, you're you're now you're almost telling them, hey, start doing it illegally again. I just wanted to make that point out there that that like, because we're we're talking about the reform aspect, right? We're kind of like I like this conversation where we're, we're jumping it into. Well, it's just, it's just, you know, it's, you know, going back to the, to the sentencing aspect where the judge said what he said, but it's all of these little realizations, you know, that we just, that we just, you know, uh, spoke about. It's all these little realizations that made me start to understand that I was an agenda. You know what I mean? Once I understood that, that I was just, I was just the bad guy, like Tony Montana says, (laughs) you know? What he said is so true. You know, I'm yep. the bad guy. I'm the one that you need me. You yep. need me so that you can point your fingers at me and say, there's the bad guy. That's the bad guy. And then and then, because of him, he's the reason why we have to create this law. He's the reason why we have to do this in our communities, you know. So once I understood that, then like always in every aspect of my life, I wanted to take that away from them. You know what I mean? So they couldn't use that against me anymore. So, so, so you can't say I'm a bad guy anymore because I'm not selling drugs and I'm not a manipulator and I'm not stealing, you know what I mean? And I'm kind now and I'm, I'm generating positive things and I'm doing Mm -hmm. good things. So what do you have to say about me now? And it's, it was that kind of attitude is what made me want to change. Because I didn't want at the end of the day, homie, it was it was me asking myself. Like, Thomas, when you go and and you want people to speak on you or remember you, what do you want to be remembered for? Like, what do you want your legacy to be remembered for? You know what I mean? What do you want your legacy to be? Is it that he was just he wasted his life, you know, uh, as a drug dealer and, and fighting the system and all of this stuff or. Did he generate something good? You know what I mean? Even if he helped one or two people, you know, but did he generate something at least good for humanity while he was here? Did he help progress humanity? Right. You know, that's strong. That's uh, that actually gives me like goosebumps thinking about that because that was my mindset too. Like I, here's my thing. Right. And it kind of hits me at this point, like it's devastating. Right. Because so me and my grandmother were super close, right? And um, you know, she did she went to bat for me every time I hit that bottom and was trying to do the right thing. And she saw the the will and the determination in me. But you know, <clears throat> it got to a point where things out of the, out of our our hold because everybody else wanted to get involved and know what even though like half the time we were just like we we'd wish for them to mind their own business because you're my grandson and I want to do the best for you. And I know how much determination you have. So it's like, um, you know, she never got to see 
um, even though she didn't pass away, she's got Alzheimer's now. And now she's never going to know. Uh, but that's, that's something I play every day and I don't let it get to me. I just want to put it in perspective that, like you were saying, like you want to be remembered for the good um, because they knew I, I, I always did very well, but then I would fall down, right? And then I'd get myself back up and fall down. And, um, you know, she never saw me be able to be where I'm at right now um because you know she her memory you know and um but i always got to remember that it's not like when that disease happens that she's going to remember the bad you know what i mean so i got to remember that and and um i at this point just have to keep doing good for me most importantly because that's what you did too right you had to come to a realization that you couldn't do it for anybody else but yourself for mm -hmm. that moment right uh, and that's how I, I took it, right? I had to take care of my shit first, uh, get myself back into um, almost like everyday normal, get up, make your bed, brush your teeth, take a shot. You know what I mean? Like those, those things that I took for granted because I was ripping and running and I, I left a lot of that stuff on the wayside. Like I didn't take it like, um, like somebody being a bit better person um, and not taking and being a manipulator and, and, and pushing my views on people, whether they wanted them or not, or why don't you believe me and all that bullshit that I, I just, I, I was so done being that. And I, and I wanted to prove to people, but I also wanted to understand. I, and also took that time to say, listen, you, you could prove to the world you're doing better. They don't have to take that. You know, and that took a while for me to understand that, like, that you won't get kudos for everything that you, you know, you're doing, or you may never get the recognition you think you deserve. But once you like accept that, it's cake. You know, you're like, all right, what's the next thing? You know, what's the next thing? Because now you're not doing it for anybody's appreciation. You're doing it for strictly yourself and for, um, you know, for whatever family you have in that moment of that's that's around you and that's seeing what you're doing and you don't it's all for me words don't matter it's all action at this point so um you know i could get a couple years clean or a year and a half or whatever and i could i could make one bad choice and be right back out there doing stupid shit because i know how easy it is so i have to continuously um on a day-to-day -day basis do better and, and show myself that I, I am, a, there's a reason I'm still here and that there's a reason I didn't die. Um, because this is like kind of where we're going into is the, um, uh, um, the, the trying to get, um, that recovery aspect, right? Like how I was trying to, um, do better. Uh, but there was still, remember I said like, I had these ups and downs. And then once I got into the legal aspect, now it was like, oh shit, I got legal time on me, but I also have, um, you know, life or death. Like shit is just, I need to get a hold of myself. Right. And when I remember looking at myself in the mirror in jail and saying, is this going to be your life? Like, are you going to be that guy that comes in and out of these places like your father and, and, and just be remembered as somebody that, had so much potential, but threw it away. I, I literally like stared in the mirror at times and said that to myself because I knew that I had to get some point across to myself because I was fighting my inner self on an everyday basis. And 
like I said, I didn't deal with my mental health. So mm-hmm. what I did was as soon as I got out of when I remember I got into um, that sober house in Worcester, uh, I, like I said, I was doing good for a little bit. You know, I had my meds getting my meds situated, right. I was, you know, trying to, I, I just didn't have the meds right yet. Right. So like, I didn't, that's the thing was people got to understand that medication and, and, and mental health, you might go to two or three different medications before you find the one that suits you. Cause everybody's different. Everybody's chemical balance is different. Um, and it's all about the dosing. You might feel like shit for a little bit, but then it starts to even out. So people get impatient before the, um, almost the, uh, the miracle, I guess. Right. Feeling normal, like not, not people like us where we are constantly no rest in the head, just, you know, and that's, that it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a little bit of peace of quiet that I, I could sit with myself and, and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I, was it's like I was slowly trying to get to that point, right? I was taking those steps now, right? I wasn't lying about it now. Like I'm actually trying, right? But I'm also coming in and 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 I'm 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 stumbling here and there, right? And uh, that's all about the lessons you have to learn. That you're not going to get anybody that says they're going to get recovery from an addict to that expectation. They it's a lie. They never have done it. It's not ever happened. I don't care what anybody says. No one's ever got it on their first shot. Um, and so when I, um, so when I was in that sober house, that the time that Cynthia, you know, got me out and I was that, that night, man, I will never forget. Well, I forgot most of the night, but what ended up happening, this is after this night is when everything starts, you know, clicking, but Jesus, I had one hurrah before I, <laughs> before right and like i said i blacked out that night i had a, a benzo that we kind of we got into the mix of the different aspects of cutting it and people were doing shit like that but uh so i definitely got a benzo that was it had it had to have fentanyl um a couple different additives in there right because the way that it hit me uh, and then the way that i went out uh, but my body kept on going. You, your body's on autopilot. Um, and I remember what I remember is kind of going in and out of it a little bit. But then I also remember like, then it was straight blackness. And then I would somewhat come out of the fog a little bit. And then I'd be back, you know, and then I'd come out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it was messed up, man. And what ended up happening was uh, um, PSA, like I said, I'm, not in admitting to any guilt on anything. This is just what I think happened, quote unquote. Um, so the, uh, the day of the big uh, protests that ended up happening um, in Worcester, I, for some reason, I broke into a, a car that, and I don't steal like that, like the way that I was doing that, the stuff that I was doing is like, wasn't me. Right. But, your body's on autopilot. You don't, you think like you're invincible, right? Right. <laughs> but you look like a, probably a maniac while you're doing it, but you think you look like, sure. great. <laughs> so, um, James Bond or somebody, <laughs> dude, if they can put that theme music in as I was, I used to play it in my head as I was doing stupid <laughs> shit like that, man. Doo, 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 you know, yeah. I mean? oh man. So I, <laughs> I, um, 
apparently got a bulletproof vest. Um, I had smoke bombs, um, um, flashbangs. Uh, it was like empty. Uh, it looked like almost like it almost looked like AK forty seven bullet. How big the the casing was, um, and but the, I don't remember all that while it was going on. Right. So apparently, I guess somebody. Somebody said they spotted me at one point, but they weren't sure if it was me. But I was down main cell <laughs> with a little bike, even for me. So I must have stole a little girl's bike. <laughs> and I had two duffel bags of this stuff and like a bulletproof vest on at like two in the morning. Bro. Where'd you get the vest from? From that car. It was the um uh the National Guard <laughs> that was in that was fighting the riots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did it you know it was their car or no? It, but I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I did it. Yeah, I, you I, probably I, it probably attracted you in some kind of way. I think I just went into the car and just stumbled upon it. Uh. I'll be honest, right? Like I said, this is not admitting to guilt. I, I, I think yeah. this happened. I'm not sure. So you're going down the road on a on a on a little girl's bike with two duffel bags <laughs> and a bulletproof vest, huh? <laughs> the imagery that if that of somebody stumbling during, during a national riot a riot that a cops or every like how did i kyle rittenhouse style <laughs> how do you how do i go down and not even get spotted by a cop on a, a little girl's bike with a bulletproof vest and two duffel bags <laughs> like if i had an arrow pointing right here like uh that that's what the amazing part was that i didn't i didn't i didn't i must have been like in massachusetts nonetheless yeah Bro, like with the Boston, and, with the Boston Marathon bombers and all this stuff, and here right, you go like, on a on a little bike with with two duffel on, bags and a bulletproof vest on bail, on bail, high <laughs> as a fucking kite. <laughs> Bro, you know what? You know what? Uh, good old. Calls me? That's, that's our taxpayer. You know our taxes <laughs> at hard work. Well, I tell you, I was just protecting. I was just protecting with sir. <laughs> uh, with, uh, Cynthia calls me AK-47. <laughs> she kept on laughing. She, she was pissed, but she was laughing because like what ended up happening was I, I get to the sober house, right? And apparently I leave <laughs> one bag down there and then upstairs is an open bag with shit everywhere. And then I'm halfway on the bed with just my head on that the edge of the fucking bed and these my two roommates come in and like bro what the fuck did you just do last night i go first off what where am i and what happened last night and i go I, <laughs> they are literally in disbelief they were just staring at me like what did you get into because i don't even know i did all that right and right. and all crazy. the stuff is starting to like now open up right and and the lady that owned the place next door to us, she saw the bike and the stuff up there. Now it's like, okay, I'm not just, you know, these guys maybe might, you know, take the rap or not take the rap, but like not say anything. Right. But also now she knows. So now she's telling the, the guy, other guy that runs the sober house. So now I'm on bail, bro. Mm. This is a federal fucking offense. If I get caught with this shit. Right. So, I won't say anything instructions that were given to me by certain people, but what was suggested was I get all that shit and fucking run somewhere and just dump it. Right. Get that shit away from this house. Mm -hmm. And I did that quote unquote, I did that. And, um, 
Yeah, Cynthia was just on the phone ripping me a new one. I got you out, you fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she had every reason to say what she said to me that time, right? But she didn't give up on me. That's see, that's what I want people to understand, that Cynthia's that person that will go to bat for you, will ride with you on the side of you, but also will tell you what it is, right? Because she mm-hmm. will, whether you like it or not. But uh, because, you know, she knows that if you keep letting shit happen like this or, or you, there's no consequence, she knows that where it can lead. Mm-hmm. And she's seen it too many times. Uh, so I was suggested to get rid of all that, you know, and I had a fucking iPad and stuff like that. I had to like smash it because I didn't know about the, the tracking. Right. And like, if it was getting tracked or whatever. Um, but what was told to me is I dodged a very big bullet, a very big AK seven 47 bullet <laughs> that mm. night by somebody that I'm just going to leave it there. Um, but I, that day they told me, he said, listen, call your PO and say that you fucked up and that you relapse. It's either that or this. And obviously I take that all day because what would have, if I would have added the offenses, I probably would have had that compared to, you would have an idea. I would be doing some fucking time, dude. And no, no little time. I'd be doing some years, years, a ton of years. Um, so, cause I'm on bail too. Right. So I had to get all my shit together, right. Real quick. After all that nonsense running around, getting rid of shit. I fucking cut my arm open on a tree branch. Cause I <laughs> chucked it and I, I put mm. it under like, you know what I'm saying? I had to get rid of everything. <laughs> so and I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. Yeah. So what happened was from that is that I called my PO I said, listen, and they didn't answer. I left a message. I said, I'm going into a program. I slipped up, right? So I got right in the spectrum that day. Mm. Um, and I don't even have a fucking, a real, I don't, I don't want to say that, but I, it's not like I was using a lot. It was like, I fucked up that time and it bit me in the ass, right? Um, so it's not like I really had to go into treatment with a fucking habit, right? But did you analyze that? Did you, why, why? Why the, the relapse in that moment? Bro, you know what it was? I, I went out with one of the kids there that night. Um, and we were just, uh, we hung out with a couple girls. And then, like, after that night, like, he, he ended up getting attacked back. And I just wandered off. Like I said, I just lapsed the judgment. Um, still wasn't ready, right? Because, remember, I, I skipped the whole process. And I jumped well, that's what I'm sofa. trying to find out now, because this is what we're talking about is the change. So what, what, what was it? What, what was it that, that, that clicked for you? What was it? What moment was it? You know what I mean? That, that you understand now that you'll never go back to this. So I, I knew that I had to do it the right way. Like I had to go through all the process. So when I told myself prior, like, oh, I think I'll be all right. If I just keep staying on the right path and even though I just skipped the whole big process to go into the sober house, I'll be all right. But then it, it clicked on me when I did fuck up and I said, damn, that you wonder why people say you have to go through the process again because you can't shortcut your recovery. You can't. It doesn't work. And I knew that I knew that, but I also thought I was strong enough that I could do that. Right. Which is bullshit. Um, so I, that's what clicked to me. And, but 
what was amazing, right, is the clarity behind everything. Because now I don't even know if I'm, I'm going to have the fucking feds coming and looking for me now, right? I don't know. And then I also have bail. I don't even know if I have a warrant out for my arrest now because I fucking, <laughs> I'm supposed to stay at that sober house, right? So now I have all this shit looming. But what I did was said, it is what it is. I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. That's it. Just in that moment, I said, um, the safest place for me is in this place. And I'm just going to take it day by day. If consequences come, so be it. Uh, I, I can handle myself, but I also want to get my shit together. This is exhausting. It's exhausting. And I, and I, and I, I just remember how like, so that's what it was. It was the exhaustion. It was the, the tiredness of, of seeing for me, it was kind of the same because I was realizing that I was using more of my life's energy, trying to deceive people that I was a good person. And the more people that I was meeting was more of the deception, more of the lies. And I'd have to remember, well, I told this guy this and I told this guy yeah. this, you know what I mean? And it's, um, and it was just, instead of just being you, you know what I right. mean? And, and, and when that came, yeah. They, so it was, it was just the exhaustion of years upon years upon years of, of this chaos, you know? Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, and- I relate to that. Yeah, and accountability, right? Like once you like take all of that into account and then like accountability is like, okay, I did this, right? So granted, do I remember any of it? No, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I didn't do it, you know? So I have to understand that there are consequences. There was a lapse of judgment in me using that, that benzo that, that led to this. So I did do that. Whether I, my actions weren't <laughs> on purpose, they still happen. So I started taking, I really started taking accountability. I wouldn't say for the first time, but for like a real, real accountability, right? Because now the unknown is out there and I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it, whatever happens, uh, you know, but and what, what does happened, that look like? What does that accountability uh, look like? So like, say if, if you're, if you're doing something that you know is wrong, what do you tell yourself? Like, are you saying that when I was doing the things I did? No, once, once you started taking the account, you know, once you be, you know, come into the awareness that you have to start taking accountability and what does that look like? Like, how are you holding yourself accountable? So what I did was I called after the quote unquote detox that I really didn't need. Right. But I went to the detox thing. And as soon as I got up to the CSS, I called my PO and I was like, Hey, um, I, I screwed up, uh, but I'm on the right track. Um, and I, I'll take any, I, I literally told her I'll take whatever comes my way, but I'm, but she heard the sincerity in my voice. She even said that she's like, if you didn't, she's like, if you weren't in detox that day, she said, I would have, um, I would have, uh, I wouldn't have called off the warrants. So mm-hmm. That's what she did. She called off the warrants. She, they, there were warrants. So if I wasn't out that day, mm-hmm. I was fucked. Right. So mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I took accountability, jumped right into a program, um, and did it the right way. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily just because I, uh, the law, right. Because, um, I've done it before where the law was coming at me and I went on the run for three weeks. You know what I mean? So like, I it was know, just a tiredness. Like you said, yeah, I just, I was just like, this is a, this is so where did because- that lead to? Where did, where did that decision lead to now? 
that led to me actually being able to be okay with myself and what happened and now actually taking the time to focus on myself and uh, do some writing and, you know, really um, dig out these, these things that are going on. And why do I keep, why do I keep relapsing? There is an issue. There's something there that is keeping me from staying on a, a long time period of sobriety. Right. Um, so I, what I figured it out, I did, I figured it out is the mental health aspect. I just that chemical imbalance or whatever, um, what was going on and, um, just stuff I'd never accepted and suppressed my whole life. Like shit, like shit that, you know, all that I'm 30 years old at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. That is just built up 30 years of mental health. <laughs> right. That's a long time to suppress shit. Um, and I, I, talk to a psychiatrist and I talk to a counselor, which I've never really done any, any of those. Right. So, and then I started getting on the right medication and that, that was the decide, that was the turning point. Right. That was, that was, you know, I, all right. So I took the foundation, right. And now I'm in a place that's when you're, you're around other like-minded people, you're doing the right thing. That's the most important thing to start with. Right. Because if you don't have a foundation, you can't build off of that. Right. Um, it's like trying to build on sand or something. Right. So that's why medica uh, mental health is your foundation, right? Everybody wants to say like other things, right? But if you really break it down, you can't take care of you. And if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of others. So you have to be able to get that straight. Um, and, you know, so once I did that, right, I, I was in spectrum and I got a psychiatrist. I got my medication straight. Now I'm crushing it right now i'm like you know i feel in like normal and i've never felt this like kind of uh at ease balance in my life uh, you know what i'm saying and once i got that i was like holy shit like this is what i've been waiting to do but i and you know cynthia was the one that for years since 2015 she's been telling me to get on medication because she saw the 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 burst of anger and the burst of um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um unbalancedness but you can't tell somebody go get that. Right. She tried and it just, I just didn't, I thought, Oh, I don't want to be on another medication. Right. Like my, that was my thing. Like I didn't want to be on anything that didn't make me feel like me, but that's really what I needed. Right. Right. But I fought it for so long and look where it are got you, me. Are you still on the medication now? Yeah. Yep. But I've been on a balanced, same medication since same dose all the way through. I just, it's worked and I haven't needed to adjust anything. I haven't needed to, um, you know, substitute it with any, I it's, it's literally the best decision I ever made. And that's what well, I want. And it is, to it's, it's definitely because again, the stress when, you know, when our body stresses as we uncovered in, you know, as we talked about in a prior episode, but as, as our body stresses, it creates a hormone and that yep. hormone is, is it deteriorates the body. It does. Right. It, 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 up, it, it eats the tissue of the body. And, and, and over time it can deteriorate many, the many, mind. well, the mind, but just many, many organs and, and functionalities of the body that produce different hormones. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and when that chemical imbalance occurs, yeah, it can alter our thought process and whatnot. And the medications are supposed to, to, to Alleviate. help balance that, 
that chemical, you know, imbalance. But for mm-hmm. me, like for me, I want to be, a, I want to get to a point to where I can control all of that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the thing with my age, because they had me on Zoloft. They had me on Prozac, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that stuff was driving me nuts, mostly yeah. because I couldn't think. I love my brain and I love right. my thought process. And that stuff just kind of zombified me. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, yeah. and I didn't want to go through life just numb. Right. You know what I mean? And so it, it just, it got like all psychotropic drugs. Just, there was just an alteration that I didn't like. You know what I mean? And for me, I don't take medication for me, but I've mm-hmm. learned about my chemical imbalance. I've researched, I've learned, I've studied about myself on how to, to know the signs of if I'm slipping in, into depression, yeah. if I'm doing these things. And so it's not, again, I say this for the listener, it's, it's just knowing what's best for you and what you need, right? Because people do need medication to help get them that balance. And then over time, once that balance is established, Maybe you can pull off that medication to see, you know what I mean? If, if that chemical imbalance or, you know, it's, it's just constantly testing yourself Mm -hmm. so that we're not dependent on anything. You know what I mean? Because at the end, mental health is, is about controlling your mind. Well, you make a good point is that is my end goal, right? Is to get off of these, right? And know how to handle, because um, I say I did more or less this to to be safe, right? To almost keep me from myself, right? And to learn how to free things. Just to slow to your fucking ass down. Down, yeah. I just needed you know like I mean? a halt, like a fucking. I needed somebody just to grab me and hold me down for a little bit, get my shit together, right? And then slowly start working on getting off medication that um, because what I'm doing is actually training my mind, right? Is I'm actually taking um, my thoughts, learning how to process them, right? And then learning how to distribute, get, let it go, right? Instead of like getting a thought, dwelling on it over and over and over and over, breaking it down to the most (laughs) craziest way possible. But then like, um, I realized over time that I was doing that, right? Now, Now I was able to do that, but I had to just balance my brain a little bit and then I can just slowly taper off that. Um, so it's not something I want to say, oh, I want to be on this forever. That's what people got to, well, okay. I got to say for myself and for what I've seen and what you mentioned to is to not to be dependent on something, right? So um, it's, it's possible. Look at like meditation, what that does to a human brain in that moment, right? If you put a brain, somebody that's in deep meditation, compared to a, a person that's just me and you talking right now, different, way different. Mm-hmm. Um, because so there are tools. So that's the whole point. Like you said, I want to be able to take that time to, uh, to be able to just do that myself. Right. And, uh, but I am, I'm, I'm, I'm training myself right now. Right. Because I'm not staying on. I, I already, I, I make goals now and I try to stick to them. The best advice I got homie that really kind of put the icing on the cake for me was was just recently you know and that came from a therapist who who asked i work best off questions Mm. right my you will pull the prime out of me by asking me deep 
analytical questions because that's how my mind works. Right. Right. And when this lady asked me, she's like, Thomas, why do you feel the need to respond to everything? You know what I mean? I never thought about that. I never even realized that that I did that. I never realized that I was so quick to just respond, respond, respond to every situation. Yeah, Yeah. You know what I mean? And I had to think about that. Why do I do that? You know, and we talked about that for a minute. But then she told me, she said, this is what I want you to do. She said, no matter what you encounter through your day, no matter what it is, right, just stop, wait 10 seconds and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Whatever it pause. is, just pause and pause. ask yourself so you can just have a thought as to why am I doing this? So even when I go into what you were talking about, like this deep analytical stuff where I'm just over analyzing the crap out of stuff, when I catch myself doing that, I'll stop. Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? Is it really this important for this much detail or is it fine the way that it is for what has to be done? So it's just stopping, right? And dog, I'll tell you, man, Listen, man, when I started training my brain like that, again, because I have a puppy, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm big on the animal kingdom and the animal world. Yep. And I, I like to compare, like, like we talked about earlier, you know, my interactions to the animal world because these are animal instincts. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a dog, right? You got a dog who will get locked on to something, and, and the dog's thought process is gone, all except for what it's locked on to, you know, and it's almost like you got to, hey, yeah, you got to snap him. You snap the it. dog and you'll see the dog come break its focus on what it was wow. and, and he'll start yeah. looking around. And it's almost like how our thought is. We get tunnel vision on stuff and everything else gets on dissipates. The yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you, hey, you know, what are you doing? The blinders. Yeah. The blinders get on and nothing right. matters over here. And that changed everything for me because now it's, hey, snap out of it. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, and it's so true. Same with a a person's response. If somebody responds to something that I don't like and I become emotional to, instead of just reacting, it's why am I reacting this way? Why am I emotional? What did he say or she say that that caused emotion? Is it true? You know what I mean? If if I got emotional, there has to be some truth. So it's analyzing this in my brain before I respond. And it changed everything. That's what I've been doing too, man. And I think that's why I think that me and Cynthia, well, I think Cynthia saw the way I speak and she saw the way you speak. And she's the one who advised me to talk to you, right? So I think she knew a little bit of something right there, right? She knows like our deep level of, um, of talk, um, our, um, just our deep level of, of, of our consciousness our, of, of, yeah, consciousness, our analytical minds. I could tell you're a very analytical person and a lot of addicts are very analytical people because again, you don't know, and I've never been an addict on that again, but I've still dealt got with the, them. Well, the thing of it is, is I've, I've dealt with them. Right on a daily right. basis, the mm-hmm. stories and concoctions <laughs> that they come up with just to try to get high, you right. know what I mean, is, is, is phenomenal, you know, and it's to no extent, like they'll go to any extent mm-hmm. to try to con me out of, out of some dope. Yep. So it's, it's, it's knowing, and me, like you were saying, me being the analytical person I am, 
understanding what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it. It's, it's a, it's very complex, man. Like we are the human being, the human mind is. It's baffling. <laughs> it's like baffling the, the things that, and we don't even are able to use a full of our brain. We only can use a little bit of our brain. 10%. And that's why I know that's a whole nother topic. I won't even go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you probably already know where I'm going with that. But um, so awesomely, that was actually really well put because those were the thoughts and the way to break down for me to, to, to not um, be or go back to my old self. Right. Cause my whole thing now is I got to change everything. Right. Cause they say, um, you know, you could take, the drug out of the person but the person is still the problem so now you have to fix the way you would go about things so like that's why they say you have to work on yourself because you're gonna go back to the same stuff not that you want to it's just because you don't know any other way and i i want people to understand that i know it takes a lot of work and i know it's a pain in the ass and i know you're gonna fall more than one two three maybe four times or maybe more or you're still going at it but you have to understand that there is a solution to it. And I, I'm a prime example of somebody that has been through it in every form of way that you could possibly think, um, you know, had the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and I, and I made a road now, uh, because I took the time to work on myself and understand how I tick, like what makes me tick. And once you do that and you find out like what really drives you in these and like you said pause that is the biggest thing you can do because it's like you saying um hey that person says hey fuck you you go what like before you or i'm saying are you going fuck you like back or it's right. just that's a form of way of, of reacting pausing. you're just asking like okay fuck why me. why fuck me like fuck what did me I okay do? yeah you know. okay like and, you and don't have it. to react every time in a right. like crazy aspect. But let's 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 wrap this up and do this. Okay. Right? So first step, we're gonna do some steps, right? Okay. First step, um, and we'll use one word, right? Step one of change. What is the first step of change? One word, what comes to mind? Hmm. I have like a million on my head, but um change uh i would have to say understanding so the reason i say that is because i didn't really know who i was right so how am i supposed to change something i don't really know who i am or what what's my identity um that that was the biggest decipher on myself of, of like what am i doing with my life mm-hmm Mm-hmm. you know like where do we start i like that mine mine would be honesty mine would be the first the first oh, step would be would be honesty but it's you know it's it's the same concept you know it's understanding what you're doing and i think both of that is rooted in in the pain of what's going on around you in your life to make you question these things why am i doing this to myself mm-hmm. you know and, and then that's where the honesty is going to come in so honesty understanding first step of change you know second step <laughs> What's Second number step. two? Um, I would have to say you ah, I put it into one word. Um, I would have to say actions um, because we could say 
things, right? We can project things, but do we real? Are we really doing it? You know what I mean? Like, are we actually really doing it? Because, like I said earlier, actions speak louder than words. Like, I'm done. I'm done mm-hmm. saying and being the person I was prior. What would you say? Want, <clears throat> you want. know the the want to to change, you know the want to to um to do better, you know the mm-hmm. the want to 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 know something different, the want to just the just want, you know the the craving for for change in your life, you know as you just described, you know it's That's it's so true, yeah. it's it's the knowledge of 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 knowing who you are and what you are you know, the honesty of, of admitting that this is you and then the want to do something different, the want for change. That's, that, that, that's well said, man. And I think once you, you're already seen and people don't realize that they think it's like all these steps, right? It's really not because how I break it down is, is you have to make a key. You have to make a couple key action things, right? But Everything else is just starts coming to play throughout your whole mission of changing, right? Because I'm still, I'm still working on myself because, you know, I can't say all these steps get to a certain level, um, but it, it's a different for everybody, right? So it, it's how you start reading yourself of like, you know, once you're doing something and the impact you're making, right? Because right, for us, we didn't even know we were making a big impact, but we uh it helped us so like that's how i look at it right um i look at it like well what are you doing with yourself um what kind of change are you making and um it's like you know who can who can i bring uh, like that that was my thing too is like who like-minded individuals on my side right so because that your environment is key to keeping that all those things together so you know all it takes is that one person right to, to infiltrate their your little strong well that goes that goes into number three for me exactly okay. what you're what you're getting into so environment so yeah the third the third for you is is definitely environment and for me is is my word would be eliminate you know and oh, it, like those people like or the well all that, negatives Yes, yes. Eliminate okay. once once you once you've been honest with yourself, right? And you're and you're and you're wanting to change. Then for me, the next step is to start eliminating the things in your life that causes you strife, no matter mm-hmm. what it is, no it's matter true. what it is. Because at this point, it's about self preservation. You can't be a good parent if if you know you're you're having this chaotic. Uh, thing going on inside of you you can't be a good spouse you can't be a good mother daughter you can't be none of these things yeah so you have to eliminate everything that is causing strife and negativity in your life no matter what it is and Mm -hmm. that may be to where the point to where everything is eliminated in your life and you may be in a closet by yourself but if you're content there yeah if you're comfortable there and you have clarity of self that is what's important because you can build everything from there, from the ground up. Right. You see on what a, I'm on saying? On a solid foundation too. On a like, solid foundation. For me, that was one of the things, the key things about prison was it helped me eliminate 
chains that were tied to me that was very hard for me to break because of of emotions and connection and want of of trying to establish or rebuild you know and and they were all dead weights Mm -hmm. so prison allowed that for me because it showed me that these people didn't care about me they abandoned me they didn't care so it was easy for me to eliminate that right much harder out here in society when these people are in your face smiling at you you know that this person your back is you know what i mean you know that you can't count on this person but you just don't have the gall to hurt this person's feelings because they're going to be all dramatic and oh my god i'm your best friend (laughs) but they're an inhibitor right and they're triggering you and you again go back to step two which are step one which is the honesty yep but so it's eliminating everything in your life that is causing you to go backwards right that makes a lot of sense um and you know what's crazy is you know building off of that right is our next little step and where we're going into the next um i would definitely say knowledge right because now knowledge for me is is wisdom to you know schooling right um taking that um taking that time to actually go and get a career started because I know that I could do all the things that we're stating right now. Right. But like, what am I doing to better my life? Right. You know, obviously all those other things are very crucial of starting that, but you need to be able to take that time to get a a career started um, is to be able um, to um, understand that um, by doing these things is, is making you come and, and want that, that knowledge and that, that, um, that drive, it just brings up so much motivation that you didn't even know you had prior, but you're, built, you're bringing it out of you because you've already done all the hard, the things to change yourself. Um, it's like, it's like a whirlwind, right? And, and all, everything's starting to align and coming uh, full circle, right? And, and those things that you, all that hard work you did to change, everything just starts, you know, piling, right. you know, it's like, it's like, it's doing it for like, because I'm not getting in my own, own way anymore. Right. Remember what I said way back is like getting out of yourself. Oh, getting right. You are the, we the biggest are obstacle. Yeah. Obstacle because we are getting our own way, whether, you know, things could be great, but we seem to get in our own way. And yeah. Ego once we and start, pride. yeah, once we start letting that shit go, man, and, and knowing what's the real important things out there, like family, you know, friends, uh, you know, a career, like something you're passionate about. Like once you start like aligning all those things together, I feel like everything else, just all these blessings will just start and you radiate all that stuff. Right. You, it radiates off you. Like all these people seeing like, bro, I get like messages all the time saying like, dude, like, man, I cannot believe what you're doing right now. And, and what's manifestation. I mean, it gets into manifestation, personal vibration, you know, the, the works of the universe, the works of God. And, and that's the thing is, is just working in a godly manner. You know, we're right. built, we're built and made in the image and likeness of God. We were, we were placed here in the physical presence of God to, to work in his, in his favor, to do his works, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, manipulation, all of these things of ego is not of God. You right. know what I mean? And, 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 and that's the thing. When we come to that, that's, that's what helped me with everything. It's, it's just ultimately me saying, you know what? My whole life, I've always cheated. 
My whole mm-hmm. life, I've always cut corners. My whole life, I've always took the easy way. Let me try this hardship one time. <laughs> Let me right. just try the right way one time and see right. if, if it really works like everybody says. And I haven't regressed because it's been working for me. And that's mm-hmm. what I told myself. As long as it continues to work for me, I'll, yep. I'll do it. But, but other than that, I have to give it a try. And, and that's just what I've been doing. And I've been trucking, man. Like you say, things are just coming left and right. The people, the love, the support, you know, the connections, the, the opportunities is, is there. And I'm struggling now, but it's, it's a different struggle because one, I left a toxic situation. Mm-hmm. So I have my, my mental peace back. Yep. Right. And two, I know that the struggle, this is part of it. You know, part what of I mean? the process. Yep. It's part, part of, of the process. process. So it's a different struggle as when I was out there going against the grain, struggling. Right. Not seeing light. Much harder. Right. Yeah. Because you don't see no light. You never see right. a way out. You yep. know what I mean? But here you see it. You see the light. And it's something that you can keep, you know, I can carry across as long as I see where I'm carrying it to. Yeah. Like you, it, the, the fact that you have more peace of mind that, is allowing you to see the bigger picture, right? And Absolutely. instead of instead of you being in the that that no hope, um, you no know, other end, there's 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 nothing good that comes out of that because you don't have a vision and you don't have any hope. And once you lose hope, you lose everything. And that's one thing that you're 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 saying is that always keep that hope alive because for me. I didn't even know if I was going to get these charges on me while I'm doing so good in this program. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking in my head, okay, this is part of the process. This is part of the process. I literally just kept it like that. Right. Um, Using almost like Bill Belichick's thing, do your job, do your job right now and everything else will come together. And I did that. I became the house manager there. Right. Um, you know, and that everybody had a vote on me, 20, 20 something guys, grown ass men struggling, mm-hmm. but seeing a actual person that they feel that they can uh, go stand to behind. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or, or he'll fight for me or, you know, mm-hmm. like, something's not right. You know, he'll go to bat for me. Right. So that was the type of things that pushed me to get where I'm at today, because it, it just kind of showed a, a part of me. I didn't even know I had until I took the time to really start working on myself and all those things came up. And that's the thing I, I will, I'll challenge people is do things that make you feel uncomfortable. Right. And you'll see how everything else will start to unravel in a good way because you're not fair. I'm telling you once you're not fearful, like we talked about prior is once you're not like for me, right. I never had fear of talking to girls. Right. Never. Even when I was younger, it's because my brother, I'm, think of my brother right he's eight years older than me i'm going to high school parties i already got all that out of my system of of that that uh way to how to handle talking to girls and and learning about girls at young age you know seeing tits at flashing me like because i'm my brother's brother (laughs) so it's like all those uh all those things were me that that i already had right but there's other things i didn't know i had later on in life so that's why by you changing yourself in a positive way brings out all that good stuff that you didn't even know you had, you know? And that's it. That's it in a nutshell, man. This, this has been a great conversation, man. I know, man. 
but that's is, um, that's how I wanted to wrap this up. Is that bro? Like, we're doing what we we're doing. We're doing what we feel is right, right? And once you feel like we're doing something that's right, um, everything else it, it just it has a purpose. Um, and, and if we could touch one person, that's all that matters, right? And, and that's it. And 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 we don't even know what that purpose is. It's just again the same message, man. It's just doing what you know is right. You know, and I, and, and I know that this is right. This is where my expertise is at. You know what I mean? I'm out here trying to run around and and learn a trade or, or, and I'm uh, maybe go to school for something else, but this is my life's work. Right. This is what, this is what I've been ingrained in since I was 13 years old. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just being comfortable with who you are and what your experience is and making the best of that. Yep. You know what I mean? That's Just making, turning a negative into a positive. Nobody did it better than Kim Kardashian. If she can do it, I can do it too. She can do it, yeah. And you know what I mean? She took a negative put. and turned it into a positive and became a billionaire out of it. You know what Facts. I mean? That was really but, uh, more the mother, but. <laughs> I, I, I know, and her, her father being the lawyer of OJ and all that. But anyways, um, uh, yeah, when we were, we're wrapping this up, but this is this is perfect, right? And I would love, because uh, we both got these connections that we have that the other person, like I said, like the schooling, talking at schools and these colleges that Ryan, uh, the guy that from Mass Cultivated, you know, wants me to do. And you're the perfect person to roll with me on those. Right. And um, even with your acting things, like I'm super intrigued, dude. You have no idea how. Intrigued well, that's I what am. I wanted to get into when you were saying about step out of your comfort zone. I mean, that's that's mm. exactly it. Like, dude, I'm. I'm getting ready. And next week, next week, next weekend, I'm going to be on the stage in front of hundreds of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doing a, a, a professional performance for a theater. This is their grand opening. This is this theater's wow. first performance. So there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectations. Yeah. And this is my first performance. You're going to crush it, dude. You know what I mean? I may get out there and see all these people and run out screaming, pulling my hair out. Who knows? You know, I may just panic the shit out. I'm going to have a lot of. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're going into the unknown, but that's No, but the thing of it is, though, homie, is is I tell like this panic will come in. I can feel it. You know what I mean? When I start letting my mind start thinking about things like that. Mm-hmm. But I tell myself instantly, and this is for the listener, tell myself, man, I'm a beast. I'm going to go down here and smash this shit. Yeah. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, ego or pride or whatever the hell <laughs> you is trying to creep in. But I know what I know I can go smash this. And how do I know? Because I put myself here. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I'm here for a reason. These you people. Did all the hard me. work. So it's, it's just having confidence in yourself and knowing that you put yourself in this position. And then it just ultimately is up to you. You know what I mean? So it's perfectly put, man. Oprah Winfrey says it best. The (laughs) recipe for success is is preparation meets opportunity. You know, so it's it's you creating you creating the opportunity and being prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's going to it's going to, you know, come in success every time. So, brother. Awesome. Absolutely, man. Let's try to do these. uh, Well, we're going to. We'll talk more off. This. Yeah, we got uh, more to come of this here. We're going oh, yeah. to start putting this maybe a weekly show together or something I, like I'm down with that. And I and I and I would love to get feedback from uh, any of the listeners or whoever heard or, you know, what they want topics. You know, they want us. You know, I think that would be cool, man. I I, I got so many topics. I'd love to run with you because I know you're 
I can dig so much out of you that would actually mm -hmm. be like, oh shit, never thought of it that way. So that's awesome. Um, I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity um, for this platform to really do what I love to do. And, and, no and, question. and, and do I this. love having um, you on, man, because again, this is, this is, a, again, you gave me a whole different perspective and my listeners, because my listeners is always, you know, talking, they're, they're just hearing about from my perspective, right? you know, but to have somebody on um, that, that can give it from your, or your side, your perspective and what you've went through mentally, the struggles, you know, it, it can reach a lot of, a lot of listeners. So I appreciate that. And thank <laughs> you for sharing, being open and honest and sharing about some of these depravities in your life. These things aren't easy to talk about. You know, they're embarrassing, they're, they're stigmatic, they're, you know, so it's, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that with my listeners as well. So absolutely, man. And uh, we'll be in touch. Stay tuned, everybody. We're gonna, this is gonna be a big thing. Me and him are gonna really start making uh, some headwind. <laughs> Later. Peace. We love you. Take love care. You too, be brother. your best self.